Hey there, friends. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Spiritual Formation, a Reset. I am Pastor Bobby. Over the last couple of years, as we have looked at spiritual formation and its practices, I hope that it's become clear that we worship and love God in our bodies, with our bodies, in concrete, physical, tangible, palpable ways. If you look back at Genesis chapter 1, verses 27 and 28, you'll find these words. So God created mankind in his own image, in the image of God. He created them, male and female. He created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. In these verses, we find the image of God, that human beings were created as image bearers of God, meaning that we are God's representatives on this earth. God created us to govern and rule over the earth in relationship with himself and with others. This ruling and relating is done in physical bodies. This is what makes us different from the animals who have bodies but no spirits. Sorry, you dog lovers. It is also what makes us different from the angels who are spirits but have no bodies. We are image bearers, human beings created as an organic whole, body and spirit. And this is reflected through all the different terms used in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. In the Hebrew, we see the words for soul, flesh, spirit, and heart. In the New Testament, we see heart, soul, flesh, body, mind, spirit, will. All of these terms in Hebrew and in Greek work together to form this organic unity that we know that the Bible presents as the whole person. Image bearers of God are multifaceted, organic people. Heart, mind, soul, spirit, body. So what we do with our bodies demonstrates in real visible ways who we were created to be. People who love God and people who love others. We call this embodied spirituality. Embodied spirituality. We are a unified whole. Heart, mind, will, spirit, body. Or in The words of Dallas Willard, thoughts, feelings, choices, bodies, and relationships. But what we see when sin entered the world is that instead of being unified, that we begin to fight and war against ourselves and against each other. And that's our lived experience, right? The presence of intrusive and negative thoughts or thought patterns mental, emotional health struggles, sin patterns that keep us in bondage, even though we know what's right and we want to do what's right, relationships that break down and inflict wounds on us, harmful and destructive actions that we can't seem to help ourselves from doing. 
You see, these aren't just spiritual problems. The spiritual brokenness of our world and ourselves is manifested in and through our physical bodies, in relationships with one another. Our bodies bring us face to face with the reality of sin, with the reality of death, and with what's not right in this world. We wound and are wounded in our bodies. We make destructive choices in our bodies. Our bodies break down and carry sickness and disease. Our bodies absorb and express the realities that we're experiencing even when we don't have the words to make sense of them or communicate about them. Back at the beginning of this pandemic, Kurt Thompson, who is a neurobiologist, has done a, a significant amount of work connecting spiritual uh, formation to the patterns of our brains. He wrote an article entitled A Body of Work. And he talks about the abrupt shift that many of us experienced from living most of our lives in person, face-to-face with other people, to being forced to interact over Zoom, FaceTime, Skype. And the the feelings of, of fatigue and anxiety and irritability and anger that many of us started to experience uh, over the, the months that this pandemic continued on and is continuing on. And he begins to dive into that question, well, why? Why are we feeling this way? And one of the things that he draws out here is that our bodies are able to say things to other people that we don't have to communicate with words. I mean, we know this is our body language, but just think about the fact that now as we communicate with people via screen, that our body language cannot express itself in the way that it's used to. Now our thinking brain has to overcompensate for what our body can't do. We have to communicate everything. We have to interpret everything through the words that we are hearing and not the bodies that we are used to seeing. This is just not natural. You know, the other ways that we've felt the weight of the pandemic in our bodies and our powerlessness to change it. When we think about the uncertainty of the future, when we think about this hybrid that we're living in of being able to do some normal things, but not other normal things. I know my wife and I are wrestling, as many other parents are, with school decisions and um, the virtual options that are are being handed down and and the new reality that our kids are going to have to navigate. These aren't just things that we think about. We're not just thinking um, thoughts about these things. We are feeling this reality physically. Listen to what Kurt Thompson writes. The fact that our bodies do so much work that we do not consciously regulate reminds us that they are not mere extensions of our quote-unquote real selves, as if who we really are is reducible to some private internal collection of thoughts and emotions. That notion is a product of modernity, which would have us believing that our bodies, like the rest of creation, are things that we own, 
and therefore things we can manipulate for our own purposes rather than gifts that we have been given to steward without having without our having any say in the matter. Gifts whose mere presence in the world are able to offer light and healing without our even being aware of it until we no longer have access to that very presence. That's what a lot of us are feeling right now, that we do not have access to the presence of other people the way in which we need. And that's a powerful thought that our bodies aren't things that we own and things that we can manipulate to serve us and our own needs and our own desires, but our bodies are gifts given to us to be stewarded. So how can we steward these bodies? Well, first, we need to understand why Jesus came in a body. Listen to what Paul writes in Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ and no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. When I read these words, I realize that I'm not still hanging on the cross with Jesus. But because of Jesus' death and resurrection, he has transformed my inner man. The life, then, that I live with my body expresses the spiritual transformation that's happened to me. Does that make sense? Listen to these words again from Paul in Romans chapter 8, verses 10 and 11. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. The spirit of God who gave life to Jesus's dead body and made him live dwells in us. And he doesn't dwell in a disembodied you or a disembodied me. He dwells in our real physical human bodies. And the life that he gives isn't just life to our spirit, but according to Paul, it's life to our whole body so that our body can experience transformation and renewal. Now, we understand that we are limited in our bodies because of sin, because of death, because of the effects of sin and death for thousands and thousands and thousands of years in this world. But God's goal in spiritual formation is to shape people whose entire persons, body and soul are being made new, made into whole unified people who reflect their unified God. The inner reality of our transformed spirit becomes the natural expression of who we are and what we do with our body shapes and deepens the realities of our spirit. This is why the practices of the body are important. My kids and I recently watched The Karate Kid. And we watched that scene where Miyagi promises to teach Daniel karate. But Daniel has to promise to do whatever Mr. Miyagi says 
no questions asked. Daniel agrees, and Mr. Miyagi tells him, well, first, you need to wash and wax these cars. Wax on and wax off. And Daniel's incredulous. Why is this important? This seems insignificant. And Miyagi says, wait, no questions asked. You do it. And we find out later that that motion of waxing on and waxing off would help Daniel achieve what he really wanted, and that was to be really good at karate. We want to be whole because God created us to be whole. So we need practices and habits that take into account our whole person, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. I want you to think about your day. Think about how often our days are divided up and the spaces that we exist in our day. First, we have the morning hustle. We're getting ready for the day. We're helping those in our house get ready for the day. How are we preparing for what's ahead? How are we developing eyes to see what God has in store for us? How are we preparing ourselves physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually to encounter the people, the situations, the experiences that we will face in the day ahead. Well, then we have a huge chunk of our day, our working hours. Whether we're creating budgets, building houses, teaching ABCs, networking, selling products, All of these things are significant. And we need to ask ourselves, is the way I'm working connecting me and others to the kingdom of God? How I talk, how I react, how I do business, how I teach, the patience I show, the challenges I bring. Are we connecting to God's kingdom? Are we inviting others to see the kingdom of God as a reality? And then finally, our evening gathering. As families and roommates come back together in whatever place we call home, eating, showing affection, praying, relaxing, do we see these acts as an investment in each other and our communion with God. In his book, Human Rights, R-I-T-E-S, Drew Johnson says this, God's rituals given in the creation and the life prescribed in the Torah continue to be fruitful throughout the ages and into the New Testament. In the Gospels, Jesus doesn't invent new rituals, but strategically changes the rituals from the Torah. All of these work only if we trust and see God as a caring, caring ritual prescriber. So these practices that we are talking about, these practices connected with spiritual formation are gifts from God that teach our bodies how to respond to life that heal our wounds and strengthen our spirits, that reinforce the truth about who God is and about who we are, that reflect a commitment to his way of living.
This paradigm, embodied spirituality, isn't some philosophical or academic way of looking at our lives. It's actually who we are. So let's keep this before us as we continue to practice the way of Jesus together. And let's trust and, and let's believe that as we continue to practice the way of Jesus, that God will transform us into the men and women he has created us to be. Grace and peace to you this week. <laughs>